Hello, my buds, my pals, my friends, new friends, old friends, my favorite barista at the Brockton Haunt. You are the best, and you make very good cappuccinos, and I love them. And if you're ever in Toronto, it is at College and Sheridan. It is a wonderful little spot. Uh, try to go there often. They have delicious s'mores cookies. I haven't had one in a while. Happy Wednesday, everyone. It is yet another week. Here we are. We just came out of the August long, the August long weekend. Did people go to their cottages? Did you rent a cottage? Did everyone swim? Although this past week it has been nothing but rain, which is unfortunate. But I do love the August long weekend. It is one of my favorites. Second to the May long weekend, May 2-4, because when I was younger, that was you that was the first time I ever I had a sip of alcohol, was on May 2-4 weekend, so I always think about it as a great little holiday, but I love August Long because August Long weekend means that it's almost my birthday. Yes, my birthday is August 7th. That's this Friday. Ooh. I am turning the big 3-4. Yes, I just had my 33rd year on this earth and on this planet. Um... Pretty cool to think about. Uh, 30s have been the best years of my life, and 33 was equally incredible. Um, (laughs) You know, I got my incredible dream job at Second City, which I'm very lucky to do. I've been doing more film and TV, which is awesome. I found the love of my life, Jill. Hello, Jill. I love you. Uh, You know, it's been been a pretty bang-up year. Um, And speaking of bang-up, I also this week fell very hard, <laughs> like, like bad. It was wet out because I said, like I said, it's been raining all all weekend, and uh, I was walking the dog and I was wearing my new uh, little sandals. They're like a little beach sandal. They're so comfortable. I love them, uh, but not thinking that they would not have a good grip. So I was walking Maggie, my dog, and I fell. I slid to be honest, and fell hard on my left knee on a subway grate. It was not pretty. Uh, Had to go to the hospital, got a few stitches. Um, The knee is up, which, you know, honestly, I I take it as the universe saying, hey, you got to slow down, pal. (laughs) That's how the universe talks to me. Uh, I really do. I think it was like you need some time to just chill and rest because I've been working a lot, like working on my own things a lot, which has been, I don't want to say own, on my own thing. <laughs> I'm working on a lot on, on stuff for me, which has been wonderful, and I have been like really loving it and finding some motivation recently. And so then the universe was like, hey, bud, take a break. So that's what I have been doing the last few days. I've just honestly been full on vegging out. Uh, I've been watching, I found out that the X-Files, yes, do you remember the X-Files? Do, 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 do. Uh, I don't even know if that's the right thing. To me, that sounds right. Uh, (laughs) But (laughs) I've been watching The X-Files, and I forgot what a great show The X-Files is. The pilot is so good. It sets up all the characters, like, incredibly well. Uh, And just, it's such a fun monster of the week with that overarching theme of will Mulder find his sister who was abducted. It is 
I, I, I suggest everyone give it a bit of a rewatch. It's pretty fun and it's like good for a rainy day and you just pop it on and, and take a watch and you know that that's what I want for my birthday. Everyone rewatch the X Files now. <laughs> what I would love you to, you know, you know, since my birthday is coming up, if people are feeling giving, uh, you know, maybe support uh, a charity or two. Uh, your favorite one, donate, and if and if you do, you know, uh, tag me in an Instagram post of you donating. Uh, you can hashtag it's Trisha Black or tag me at it's underscore Trisha Black on Instagram or Twitter. And I'll give you a huge shout out because I would really appreciate that. You know, it's good to help. It's good to help the world and help people who need our help. And welcome back again to another week of One More Round with me, Trisha Black. And this week we have a delightful, wonderful, just sweet, charming guest, Mr. Chef Paul Lilikis. Oh my goodness. I what a delightful conversation we had. He's just a joy to chat with. His food looks amazing and someday when we can actually be in person together, I can't wait to taste it. We talk all about what it's like to be a chef, what it's like being in the media as a chef, what it's like being a personal chef to a surprise celebrity guest and how he got that job, which is a really cool fun story. You know, and and talking about what it what it's like right now for restaurants and businesses during this uh, hectic time that we are in, in this global pandemic. So, you know, if we can learn anything this week, it's that we should cook more and cook things you like and do the things you love, but don't walk in the rain in sandals because you will slip and you will get injured. <laughs> don't get injured. But I will say the one thing that is um, such a bonus to being injured uh, is that I realize I have these incredible, amazing, wonderful, empathetic, kind, generous people in my life. I am very, very lucky and very blessed. And if you'll allow me the time to just talk about how wonderful these people are, and I'm going to brag about them. Um, you know, I, I slipped, I fell and my lovely girlfriend, Jill is, was in Calgary and she's been there, which is sad. I miss her so much. I really do. It's, you know, being in a global pandemic and then the one person you've been bubbling with for the last four or five months is gone for a while. It feels a little lonely just a little bit lonely and with the rain and everything it's you know it's hard uh but I called her and obviously she was getting ready for the wedding she was texting me being like you're okay you gotta go to the hospital and so then my next thing was I gotta call I gotta call Paloma uh, no 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 I called my roommate Emily who's not even in town she's in Sterling Ontario and I was like you're in Sterling you can't help and then I called Paloma and Paloma immediately Paloma Nunez who you remember her from episode two we talked a lot about sports uh rushed rushed to my house rushed me to the hospital I went into St. Joseph's Hospital here uh, in Ronsi. I believe it's St. Joseph's Hospital uh and I had to go in alone because they wouldn't let um they don't let visitors in right now, obviously, because of the pandemic. So that was a little hard because I already have a bit of hospital anxiety. So I went in and Paloma. And then when I was done, Paloma came and picked me up and took me home and helped me take my dog out for a little bit. And then like an hour later, I got a call or a text from Anne Hornell, who's a, a lovely, delightful, wonderful, kind human being, saying she had a uh, a care package for me and was going to bring me McDonald's, which was so kind. And the care package had so many of my favorite treats, ketchup chips, regular chips, all of the chocolate, 
decadent chocolate cookies, the president's choice kind, uh, fuzzy peaches, uh, polysporin, Advil, Tylenol, all of the treats. Um, and uh, that was so kind. And, you know, all of my She the People cast were like, were reaching out, and all of my current main stage cast, and my good friend Tom is checking in on me, and my friend Chelsea, who who's taking Maggie for walks the next few days while I can't do that, and, you know, everyone else who who reached out to make sure I was okay, giving me advice on when to ice and when to heat. And honestly, I feel very loved this week, and that is a birthday gift unto itself. So I guess this is just a big thank you from me to all of the wonderful people that I am very lucky to know and have in my life. Um, So you kind of got to take the positive uh, when a negative happens and just say, Trish, you're a klutz, uh, and you are going to fall down multiple times in your life, and I do. I am the biggest klutz. Uh, I honestly fall down all of the time. When I, I used to work in kitchens uh, as, as a chef, um, which is also really interesting. We have Paul on today uh, talking about that, bringing up lots of memories for me. But I used to cut my fingers all the time, all of the time. Like, I have good knife skills. I better now because I learned my lesson from cutting my my hands all up. But being a chef is a dangerous profession. You don't realize how dangerous it is. You're working with sharp knives, hot pans and ovens and you get burned so many times. I used to work in the window of this Italian restaurant. I I literally worked every job at that restaurant (laughs) in the back uh, kitchen. But when I was working the window, I used to burn my um, arms all the time trying to take pizza out. I still love cooking. It is honestly just a joy to do. And that's why I'm so excited to have Chef Paul Lilikis with us today. So let's go to that interview now. He has traversed the food industry for 15 years in an eclectic variety of venues from restaurants to catering as a private chef and in the media. In 2014, he was the winner of Chopped Canada and went on to become the personal chef to six-time Grammy-nominated Canadian music producer Dead Mouse. Whoa. He was formerly the owner of Food Styles, a food editor at Canadian Living Magazine, and more recently, you can find him sharing his twisted recipes on a variety of television programs, including City Line and CTV's Your Morning as a contributing food expert. His guilty pleasure is curling up with his husband Alex and polishing off an entire bag of ketchup chips, my favorite, while watching old episodes episodes of The Simpsons, also my favorite. I'm very excited. Please welcome to the virtual stage and audio stage, Chef Paul Lilikis. Yay! Yay! Hi, Trisha. (laughs) Hi, Paul. Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. I'm so excited you're here. Me too. I'm so excited to be here. Man, this all came together so quickly. I know, right? It was wild because you you had added me to Instagram and I was like, oh, who's this? And I turned to my girlfriend, Jill, and I was like, oh my gosh, a cool City Line chef added me to Instagram. And I was like, oh, wow. And I, so I followed you back because I also, I love food and cooking, which I'm sure we're going to get into. Um, yeah. But, uh, and then you messaged me telling me that you'd seen me and She the People and... And then from there, I was like, I'm going to ask. I'm just going to be bold and ask if he wants to do the podcast. <laughs> oh, I was so excited. I was so excited. First of all, I mean, I, it's always good to give a little bit of props to people who are doing stuff you love. And I know <laughs> that we have at least one mutual friend, probably yes, more. And, sure. and I just thought, well, I'm a huge fan. And I'll just send a little props. And, oh, she's got a podcast. You know, maybe I can, like, charm her into having me on one day. And then it all happened in, like, 15 seconds. I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah, immediately. It. 
<laughs> you did. I know because you wrote and it was such a sweet message. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so nice. And then you said we had Ashley, Ashley Como, who was in She the People with me as a mutual friend of ours. And uh, I was like, I'm just going to ask you, because I was, I for this podcast, the idea is like, you know, it's like a kitchen party feel, and I really want to get to know, uh, interview people that I don't know, too, and like we had never met, and I found you just so interesting watching your videos, and cooking is such a pastime of mine that I love so much, so I was like, let's get Paul on this pod. Amazing. Yeah, I'm so happy <laughs> to be here. Me too. It was. It was really like, I feel like it's fate that we, we are doing this right now. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Me too. So how have you been? You've been good? Is your quarantine going well? Oh, as well as best. it can? <laughs> actually, actually, you know what? It's been pretty good to me, which is a weird thing mm-hmm. to say. But it's been, um, I've gotten a lot done, which right. is the opposite of what a lot of people have said. I mean, people have been doing DIYs and home renos and stuff of like course. that. But career-wise, I've gotten a lot done. Like, I, <clears throat> I wasn't really doing many videos for social mm-hmm. media until sort of this just hit. And I was, I had such like a, oh, yeah. fuck this. Sorry, I, I yeah. didn't swear. Go, please. It's okay. I, you can swear on this podcast. <laughs> it, who cares? Had, <laughs> I'm from the East this, Coast. <laughs> perfect. I had this sort of like, oh, fuck this moment when I just mm-hmm. turned on my camera and I started cooking. And I just yeah. thought, like, I've done cooking videos in the past where it's all so scripted and you have your shot list and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And they always never became what I wanted them to be. And right. this time I was like, I'm just going to put my camera on and cook and see what happens, and then I'll edit it together. And so many little fun moments came out of it because it was candid, and I wasn't right. worrying about the shot. And I was doing it all myself, so people weren't buzzing around with cameras. Which and is like, nice. well, let's do that. It was completely undirected, unscripted. And then within two months, I had done like 54 wow. recipe videos <clears throat> for Instagram. That's and so incredible. Yeah. It, and it, I've watched them, so- and they're they're very fun. I've, wa- I've watched over the last, like, I don't know when we became Instagram friends, but I think I've watched almost all of them now. <laughs> oh, thank you. Of course. Yeah, and I try to, and I uh, the thing that I always wanted to do, because I, I, as you know, I, mm-hmm. I think I told you, I went to comedy school with Ashley Como, right? Yes. And so I'm no stranger to the comedy world. And mm-hmm. then I sort of, my, my path took me in a different direction into the food world, but I always wanted right. to sort of come back to the media. And I always wanted to incorporate some comedy but I never really knew how. Like, I didn't know how to do it without it being... Like, I tried doing, like, a sketch show, cooking mm-hmm. show that kind of just, like, didn't feel right. It didn't work. And right. um, by doing this, I was able to sort of capture little moments of comedy that come from cooking. Because you, you make mistakes and yes. things spill. And I have these, like, banana hands. And so I'm always, like, <laughs> dropping stuff. Though I'm very good with a knife. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, always, good. Like, Thank God. <laughs> yeah. I'm always, like... You know, I'll be the one at a dinner, like, talking with my hands, and then, like, mm-hmm. a wine glass will just go down oh, and like that. <laughs> so, like, stuff like that always happens, and I found, I just found those moments were coming out in the videos, and it's been really cool. It's been a really cool experience. Yeah, they're such a, they're so lovely, and they're so wonderfully put together because you are so charming, and what I love about them is that you can tell they're not scripted. Like, it's just you in the kitchen being you, and you, like I said, you're so charming and it's so delightful to watch uh, because it does feel like you're in the kit. You're just in the kitchen with you. And I think that's such an important thing when when people for me anyway, when I'm watching people's like videos or anything that are are those kind of like vloggy, you know, like real real life unscripted. You, you need those moments of like when you like leave the cupboard door open or something and then you edit yeah. and you're like, I just leave the cupboard door open all of the time. <laughs> 
But it is something you do in the kitchen. You're just planting. You're like, you know where everything is and you're grabbing it and like you're putting it out, but you leave it open. And then your editing is so fun. And yeah, I really, really enjoy them. It's so, they're Thank such you. a delight. Yeah, I've and I... Go no, ahead. no, no, go ahead. No, uh, uh, you go ahead. You go ahead, Paul. <laughs> okay, okay. I've become really good at thumb editing, I call it. Like, okay. Honestly, we're all going to have arthritis for sure. Oh, big time. <laughs> it, because I don't edit them on a computer, which is another thing. I edit them on my phone. So I take the oh, video crazy. on my phone and I don't even use a mic for them. So it's just like wow. it goes straight from the raw footage to the editing app. I use an app called InShot. It's awesome. And I just, okay, yeah. I just like... Thumb edit it, and wow. it all. I, I usually would film it, edit it, post it same day. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's incredible. That's so impressive. And I also love that you did study at Humber. Like, so you have a comedy background, which mm-hmm. is awesome. And I think also, and I'm sure we're gonna get really deep into like how how you became into the cooking world and all of that. But I find cooking, at least for me, as like an improviser comedian. It's such a wonderful um, art form, like cooking, because you can have, and let me tell you, I'm not a good baker, because baking is very scientific and mathematic, and I don't like it. But with cooking, you can be, you can be, you can improvise, right? And you can, like, add um, kind of little, your little flair to it as well, which, like, mm-hmm. I watched your your Carbonara video, too, and I didn't even know you could cut green onion like that and then put them in cold water and they curl so i was like oh what a what an interesting like cool garnish and now i'm going to use that like that's a tip i'm going to use (laughs) yeah i I mean that's what i love about cooking too because i even i'm a recipe writer right but i Mm -hmm. love nothing more than cooking off recipe when i'm not writing recipes or maybe for baking for sure you you want to stick to a recipe but i i it's mostly improv in the kitchen which Mm -hmm. is what i love about it because you can sort of like just go in the direction that feels right and play and that's what yes. it is to me it really feels like playing when i'm in the kitchen i know me i know me, for me too because in my career like my career when i wasn't acting in in that my first real like joe job was working in a kitchen i worked in a really? small italian restaurant in sackville new brunswick through my university years and then a couple years after and i was working i started as a as like a lot like kind of like a line cook I was a pasta assistant and like I made all the salads and then all of a sudden I got put on pizzas and then I got put in the window and then then I became like I I was working all of the the morning shifts so I was doing all lunches by myself and so then I started doing pasta chef so it 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 really was a job where I was like oh I feel like I'm still being creative and making making money when I can't make money doing this right 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 (laughs) making a fortune (laughs) <laughs> yeah, making a killing because uh, chefs make a lot of money. Chefs should make way more money than they do. That is something that has always shocked me because you're going out to eat this beautiful dinner that is being prepared by somebody that, you know, people are, some restaurants charge a fortune for and you you have somebody in the back being creative and especially at like, you know, a higher end restaurant or something. It is always so shocking to me that chefs don't make it more money because it's yeah, such well, a difficult job people don't but people don't know they don't realize the overhead they don't realize the work involved just the manpower mm-hmm. to keep a business like that running like yeah. uh, people you know for the last 20 years people have been saying to me you're gonna own a restaurant someday 
And after coming through the restaurant, and I didn't actually even spend that much time working in restaurants. Mm -hmm. I was in there just long enough to know this is not what I want. <laughs> what you want. And I mean, could you imagine at a time like this? Like, oh, gosh, no. I feel so horrible for people who own it, who own restaurants yeah, right now. Yeah, it's awful. It's not a good time. And I, But I knew during the best of times for restaurants that it wasn't for me, which is why I've had this sort of weird windy mm -hmm. road to get here. Um, and even catering and private chefing and all that. Right. Like I, I, I definitely dipped my toes in and the water was cold. Yeah, <laughs> it is crazy. It is such a hard, it, it's so interesting with the food and beverage industry thinking that there are so many uh, different like varieties of restaurants and you, you would assume that they would be doing well because there is such a high demand for people eating out. Like people love to eat out. People love takeout. But, at the same time, it is uh, there are so many overheads and there's so many costs to own it. Because I wanted to own a restaurant for a long time, too. I was like, I'm going to have an East Coast restaurant and it's going to have a dinner theater in the back and all of this great stuff. And then as I got older, learning what you had to do, I was like, oh, I don't I don't think that's for me. I don't think I have the, the, the power to do it. There's my yeah. cat in the back. <laughs> oh, hi. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's the business of it is mm -hmm. just, it is a logistical nightmare. And even yes. the people who are really good at it and have it down pat, they're not making a ton of money. You know, no. that's why that's why so many of the big name chefs also do media work. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, it, you can make more in media work than you can in, in owning a restaurant with way more control over the situation. And that's the thing, like like yeah. the cooking aside, which is already difficult enough to control all of the different moving parts. It's mm -hmm. just it, it could be very overwhelming. And people just don't see that, you know. There's a lot of people out there that just love to go to restaurants, but they don't, have never worked in a restaurant. They've never poked their head back behind nope. the door. They don't see all the stuff that goes on. Yeah, and especially behind the scenes, right? Like, yeah, that's the thing is you don't see the labor that goes into creating a menu even. Like like ha being a chef, like a, either a, a kitchen manager or an executive chef and trying to put together a menu can be so difficult too because, I don't know, I watch a lot of Gordon Ramsay uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> and like especially his like, like kitchen nightmares and things and oh, yeah. I, one thing I love about what he says is you know making your menu small because the more stuff you have on your menu the less uh it's probably going to be uh crafted wasted, I guess and or, it's going to be yeah. wasted yeah like yeah. what's a, like you're gonna have to order all of these <laughs> it's crazy Different like ingredients ingredients yeah. like, well, what's the point yep um, yep <laughs> it's and most crazy. People just don't know. <laughs> That's the thing is most people don't know, and I mean we should we should let's pe let people know. <laughs> tip, indeed, indeed. Tip your servers because it also goes back to the kitchen usually. So. Oh, tip your. Oh my God, I was just reminded of a story. I was with my so I have a dear, uh, my best friend and her fiance. We've mm -hmm. been dear friends for a long, long time, and we were out at dinner, uh, and he wanted to pay the bill. His name's Scott, awesome yeah. guy. He picks up the bill and he's looking at it and there was an added gratuity, speaking of tips, and right. he's like, what's, th what's this? I didn't order any gratatouille. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you think it's like Ratatouille, the movie? Yeah. <laughs> That's so cute. Oh, no. What is this? I didn't order this. <laughs> it's like, no, you, you did, though, by having a large uh, bill. <laughs> yes. Pay for the gratitude, Scott. Pay for the gratitude, Scott. Come on. <laughs> well, Paul, as you know, this show is uh, a show where I like to sit down and have a, a drink with somebody. Uh, are you drinking anything today on this wonderful afternoon? I sure afternoon? am. Ooh, what is that? This is a, I call it a winter Negroni. 
Okay. It is a bourbon Negroni. You know, because it's Monday at 1 p.m. Because it's Monday at 1 p.m. Hey, it's okay. It's almost your birthday, right? Your birthday's mm-hmm. tonight at midnight? Tonight at midnight. <laughs> yes. Happy early birthday. And I'm Thank glad you. you're celebrating early with me. Uh, I'm having a, a Jelly King, a oh. Bellwoods Brewery. It's a sour. Nice. It's But it's like a special one. It's a dry hop sour, which I love because they're not too sweet. They're a little, like, tangy. But it's uh, pineapple, tangerine, and grapefruit. So nice. this is delicious. A fruity so, one. A fruity one. So cheers and cheers. happy early birthday. And thank you for being Clink. here. Clink. Thank you for having <laughs> me. Oh, it's delightful. So, Paul, for you, what, what led you to the world of food? I think I also mm. read somewhere, are you self-taught? Sort of. Sort so of. I hate the word self-taught. Well, the, well, compound, the term self-taught. Word, the, the term self-taught because... No one's self-taught. Even if you are taught by YouTube videos how to do something, you're taught by people who are teaching you. So, I mean, I've always always been a little bit um, cautious of using that term, but Mm -hmm. I have done a lot of, let's call it, independent learning. I didn't go to culinary arts um, because, well, I guess we take it back to the early days. Out of high school, so I, Ashley and I, Mm-hmm. Um, our mutual friend, we went to the same high school. It was an art school oh, wow. in Cowden called Mayfield. And <clears throat> yeah, and so out of, and I was there for the theater program. We were both there mm-hmm. for the regional arts program. So the way it worked was like you did four years um, and every semester you had whatever your discipline was. So there mm-hmm. were the dance kids, there were the art kids, the visual arts kids, the theater kids. And um, I seemed to excel at the comedy side of things <laughs> in drama. I was not... You know, I was not getting straight A's right. in Shakespearean theater or any of that. But when it came to <laughs> who comedy, does? who I, I don't know, some of the some of the more serious theater yes. kids for sure. <laughs> but I seemed to excel at the comedy, and I always liked it. And so, out of um, high school, when everyone was searching for colleges and universities to apply mm-hmm. to, I applied to two programs. I applied to culinary arts, which everyone gets into. No offense, okay. but like no everyone offense. gets into culinary arts. <laughs> Like, there's not even any kind of entrance requirement. It's just like... Right. Because it's, it's like, come easy... On. Yeah, and they're common. There are more culinary yes. arts schools. There was, at the time, my understanding is there was one comedy school in North America. I don't even think that there was technically one in the States that was a post-secondary. Like, you could go to independent oh. schools and whatever. Right. But, so this one was very rare, and they only took 60 students per uh, year. Okay. And so I applied to that, and of course that entrance, those entrance requirements were much more rigid and um, difficult. And when I was accepted to that, I thought, okay, well, I have to go there because, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like the, the universe was like nudging me along. To nudging that. you, and, yeah. And I thought, well, I was already working in food. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I, my first kitchen job was when I was 15. I worked at a pizza hut. Hmm. That was something. I worked at a pizza delight. Oh, That nice. was my first kitchen job. Yeah. Man, I ate a lot of bread a lot of bread <laughs> you eat yeah. a lot of bread <laughs> yep and so i uh and so yeah i went to i went to comedy school but i was still working in food and it's kind mm-hmm. of been like that ever since i've done a lot of different things i think i've had like 35 jobs in wow. my life <laughs> and Holy. i'm only 31 until midnight i was gonna say i was but, like you're only 31 <laughs> that's crazy I know. but it's because i've often had like two jobs at once or yep. three jobs at once I and i've that. left jobs quickly because they were awful mm-hmm. and you know it's kind of the nature of working in the food industry you know you bounce yes. around and you have a lot of different you you, you want to try a, diff- a lot of different things and so um 
after I finished comedy school, I was pursuing acting in film and television, and I was doing my honors degree in at York University, oh. and I was working in the food industry. Goodness. Because you could work at night and on weekends yeah. and stuff like that. Course, so, yeah, busy. I, I, I've kind of been like juggling my mm-hmm. whole adult life, um, but food is something that I just love. I don't love food service. I'll put that right out there. Like, <laughs> I don't love hospitality. It's not what I was put on this world or this earth to do. Yeah. But I've been there. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. I think a lot of people have been there, especially people who work in the arts too, right? Because it's the yeah. easiest, it is the easiest job that you can really quickly just jump from job to job to job because there's such a high turnaround in oh, that yeah. industry. Can, can, can you start tomorrow? It's like yeah. a common thing. <laughs> Often it's like, can you, we need you, do you want to start now? Like right yeah, now? And you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, hop in. <laughs> hop in. I don't have, I'm not, we- I'm wearing sandals. I, can't, I simply cannot. <laughs> we'll let it go. <laughs> I know it is, yeah. cr- it is wild. It, and like, I, I relate to you having like multiple jobs at a time and multiple, um, uh, jumping job from job to job. And I did that, like, the longest job I've I've ever had was at that Joey's restaurant, but it was still on and off. It's just that the the, the family that owned it loved me and always welcomed me back whenever right. whenever I was around. And then I worked at Massey Hall as a, a bartender for five years. Oh, but cool. Yeah, Massey Hall's, like, it, that was probably, no offense to Joey's Restaurant in Sackville, New Brunswick, but Massey was probably one of the best jobs I've ever had. It was just the I coolest job. Um, but, yeah, so so you just love, like, did you cook at all when you were, like, young, or did you, like, when you were younger, like, even before you decided to kind of work in this industry? Oh, indeed, I did. I always <laughs> loved cooking, and I'm going to my phone because my mom literally sent me this this morning, this derpy little photo of me. Oh, oh. <laughs> these things happen. Yes. Oh like my gosh! Pancakes. Look how cute you are. Yeah, this is before my, oh my eyebrows gosh. grew in. You're just a little with your little chef, like your little um, apron. Terry's apron. Terry's apron. It's so sweet, and you've upped your apron game on your Instagrams. I want Indeed. to know where you got that apron because I want it. <laughs> Man, I gotta sell those things. I you have on Amazon. To. It's not. It's not like. I, I've got three of them because I loved it so much, and it right. was like twenty-five bucks, and so wow. I've, got a, I've got like a store of them, okay. like large Simpsons closet, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it's all the same thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a I, uniform, you know. We all have our own uniforms. So. Indeed, indeed, and honestly, I would feel like I. So actually, I I had once when I worked at Canadian Living. <clears throat> I I was already wearing my denim apron, and uh, mm-hmm. they wanted me to go do something. I had to go work the main stage at the festival. It was this big food and music festival right, up fun. in Oro Medante, like three summers ago, mm-hmm. and it they wanted it branded. So I had I had to like they got like an iron on Canadian Living <laughs> logo, and then so like we ironed it on, <clears throat> and then and then. Uh, I just kept it. Like after I left the magazine, right. I kept it. I was like, "This is mine." And so uh, it was up in my closet, and I had misplaced two of my my two other aprons mm-hmm. somehow. I took them up to the cottage to do some filming, and I left them there. Anyway, long story right. short, I had to film later that day, and I'm like, "I gotta get this freaking Canadian Living thing off of here." 
because yeah. I was filming and I was like, I cannot film without my denim apron because it feels like a part of my, it feels like a part of, of my, course. my outfit or my like brand. I hate that. Yes, but it like, is. I know, but so, that, but I get it. <laughs> oh yeah. So I'm like Googling how to get, how to get this off. I got like the Goo Gone chemical stuff. I'm trying to peel it off. Finally, I ended up using tweezers and I'm not joking for like an hour and a half. Oh. I'm just like. <laughs> I don't want <laughs> anyone to know this is Canadian living. <laughs> Well, I, could, I couldn't. I couldn't possibly. I like, know. Yeah, you couldn't. <laughs> and so, yeah, so I was funny. just like, that's how desperate I am to not be without my denim apron. <laughs> yeah. And that's so funny because I know the word brand is such an interesting term when you think of like as entertain, like I guess technically like entertainers or like social media uh, a folk who we're all trying to build an image for ourselves basically, but I also like labels and branding. I'm always like, ugh, cause, and what I love about you too, is that on, on your Instagram right now, like you don't stick to like one thing, like you're, all of your cooking is so eclectic and like variety. And it's also things that I feel like people at home can learn from and kind of do on their own, which I love because you know, that's what people want when they, when we're watching stuff, we're like, can I do this myself? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I get a lot of I get a lot of feedback from people. Yeah. Some of the people on Instagram, they're very very verbal and I love them <laughs> for it. Uh but it gets to the point I also give a lot. So like mm-hmm. I'll be like having dinner with my family or whatever and somebody will be somebody I never met is like my gravy is not thickening. How can I help? I'm like, I am not dear Abby on like, like in the moment, Abby. but then I do, but then I do. Of course, and then I, you're and I'm so like, sweet. Oh, no wonder they're coming back for more. Like you said, a president is terrible. My gravy. It's so watery. What do I do? Please Just put some help. flour in it. Yeah. Flour. And <laughs> anyway, Just, it's easy. And so, yeah. And so I, but I get a lot of feedback from those people and, even when I was working in the magazine, I was developing recipes. Mm-hmm. You know, when people aren't gonna, if no, if no one's gonna cook it, what is the point in putting all the work into developing that recipe? And mm-hmm. that's one of the things that I look at. I look at a lot of cookbooks. I read a lot of cookbooks, and I, right, I'm like, I'm like a indigo browser, you know. Yeah, and I get it. I, I love it. I, Me too. I, I've, I've kind of stopped buying cookbooks, but um, <laughs> you see recipes, and you're like, yeah, that's really cool, but like. Who's ever going to do that? It's got so many moving parts. And some people yeah, are diehard difficult. cooks, but the vast majority of people want recipes with like 10 ingredients or less, mm-hmm. or even better, like seven ingredients or less. So I really try to stick with my like simple recipes. Yeah, it's amazing because then people can easily, you can just easily go out and get those items. And like the one where you made the deep fried avocado with the pan seared, uh, white fish. I was like that. I was like, I would never also the balsamic and, and, and maple, so, the soy, maple, the soy yeah. sorry, soy maple. Soy maple I was like, yeah. Oh, I was like, I would never have thought in my brain to like that, how simple that not, not simple because there's obviously technique to it, but, but how I was like, Oh, I could make a beautiful dinner like that without really like, forcing myself to go out and buy a bunch of things because yeah. it's hard like you know I was always wanted to challenge myself to Gordon Ramsay's um uh uh oh my gosh why can't I think of the name right now <gasps> Ma- Master Chef? wait no well oh, no what's his recipe? yeah what's his main thing oh my gosh Oh, Beef Wellington. Beef Wellington. Oh, my God. I could, my, yeah, brain, yeah, yeah. my brain kaput on me there for a sec. <laughs> but my girlfriend and I had made Beef Wellington for Christmas this year, and that took a lot. 
Like I said, I've, I've always wanted to do it. So I was like, I'm going to go all out. I'm going to spend the money. I'm going to get a really nice cut of beef. I'm going to like do it all. I'm going to do it right. And it was, it took hours. <laughs> it was so hard. And I was like, why did I put myself through this? But I was like, I'm glad I did it. And it turned it out good? really well. It was really good. Okay. Yeah. The only problem was that the bottom was a little bit too wet. So I don't know if I didn't sear the meat properly, like uh, enough to make it not juice as much. But, you know, mm-hmm. it was still it was still delicious. Like the beef was cooked very well inside. I, I was very proud of myself. Good. Just the pa- the pastry wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. But I think phyllo pastry is like the hardest thing to cook <laughs> or to make. <laughs> Wait, did you make puff pastry from no, scratch? No, God, no, absolutely oh, not. Oh, oh, oh. No, absolutely. Don't. What? Who am I? No, absolutely not. People like I just was been watching the Great Canadian Baking Show, and some of them can't even make puff pastry. And I was like, I I will never be able to do that. Honestly, it's one of those things that you just don't. And I use a lot of puff pastry, frozen mm-hmm. puff pastry, because I just I love it. It's one of those ingredients that if you can find a good puff pastry you like, you can yeah. always sort of have it in the freezer, and mm-hmm. it thaws quickly, and you can make a ton of different things with it. Um, it's gotten to the point where I like have like blacklisted puff pastry as one of my right. ingredients for the next little while because it just keeps coming up. I think <laughs> yeah. in my in my COVID videos it came up like three times, <laughs> and my husband is like, "I'm getting fat, and it's all this puff pastry." And I'm like, "Yeah, right, whatever. It's it's <laughs> yeah, eating true. chips at night." But anyway. <laughs> love you. But either way, love you, honey. <laughs> but it's not my cooking. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I love that. That's so much, and you. You won Chopped Canada. What? Yeah, a long well, time you ago. You won a long time ago, but you were 24, which is wild. Like, yeah. you're such a young a young chef with, like a, like, a very clear talent for, like, a creative, like, cooking. What was it, what was it like being, like, because you're, you're so in the media now, too, right? So, it, I, what, what is it like, I guess, being a chef, like, in the media? Is there a difference well, or, like... From, like, I guess, normal cheffery? <laughs> for sure, for sure. I mean, most chefs, and I know a lot of them, don't want anything to do with the spotlight. A lot of them are introverts. They are not, you know... Typically, mm-hmm. all the people who work in, like, the arts and work in restaurants are mostly are working in the front of house because, A, they right. can make more money. Yes. And they don't mind being in front of people, right? Whereas, at the back of house, like, most of those people have no interest in being Absolutely. on camera, they have no interest in uh, being interviewed or doing anything or being in front of an audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I always did because I came from a theater and performance background. Like, I mean, I was putting on magic shows <laughs> for like my mom's colleagues when I was like oh, 10 cute. years old. And so like I always <laughs> wanted to be and I went to like drama camp and all that. And so I knew that I wanted to do things mm-hmm. for audiences and I knew that I wanted to entertain. Like I wanted to be an entertainer as well as work with food and it's been like trying to bend two bars together slowly Mm -hmm. over years that I've been figuring out how to do it and I'm still learning um but in those days like when I applied for CHOP me and my I was living with my best friend Mm -hmm. um and our respective boyfriends were also kind of living with us we were living the like Toronto life of 24 year olds it was amazing such a good time (laughs) and we would watch a lot of CHOP the American one. It had already been on for seasons and seasons. And yeah. my friend and I, we would, we would, at the beginning of the show, we would pick two competitors each, and mm-hmm. then we would um, like bet a massage. 
Like the winner of the, whoever's <laughs> person won would get a 10 minute massage and we just like would do it all the time. We just loved it. Yeah. And so she said, you got to go on this show. You know, like you got to go on this show. And I looked into it and the American version wasn't casting. Uh, mm-hmm. Canadians, you know, like every American, like every everything. American television show ever. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, and so um, as soon as she got, she heard on the radio one day casting for Chop Canada, and she called me right away. She said, "You <gasps> have to do this." And then I was like, "Oh crap!" Like, I mean, it was fun to talk about it, but now, like, I can't. Now it's not a reality. Apply. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, the application process was so intense. There was like four levels of Whoa. application and audition and screen testing and all this stuff. And so then, uh, like, I went through the motions, and then mm-hmm. I got cast. And to be honest, I think I really got. I think I was considered originally, like at the very beginning, not because of my vast experience, but because mm-hmm. because I was gay and openly gay. Mm-hmm. And I think that me talking openly about it made them think, well, that sets you, you know how producers are, right? They yes, watch diversity of course. And they're, they're like, oh, interesting. Even like questions like, <clears throat> would you say that your being gay affects your cooking? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, they really? want a story. I, mean, I try to eat light. <laughs> 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 gay guys are very judgmental. Yes, but other <laughs> Actually, than that. Back, yeah, if I could go back in time, that would probably be my answer. But at the time, I was just like, so funny. no. <laughs> yeah, of course not, not. Like, what is it? Like, I don't know. Like, what what about <laughs> cooking would affect it? Like, you, like that's such a funny. But I mean, obviously, all reality TV wants a story, right? They exactly. Want, they want a narrative. They want something to grab onto that they can build that narrative. Yeah, of course. Exactly. And so, but then I got cast, and then I thought, oh shit! Like now, now the real anxiety, you know, mm-hmm. sets in. And then, I don't know, I guess I was just, and I had people who were like 10 years older than me working in the food industry being like, after they found out that I had competed and that I had won, saying Mm -hmm. like, man, that was really ballsy of you to go on that show. And I'm like, I didn't even think about it as ballsy because obviously you can make a huge fool of yourself on that show. Like we've seen people bleed into the plates and stuff. Yes. And and you're like, "Ah." pretty humiliating. Um, But I just went and it was almost like it was meant to be in Mm -hmm. a way because I, a couple of things. A, like it was terrifying. <clears throat> I was <laughs> young and I, yep. like, I'd never competed in cooking anywhere, like, nowhere. Wow. Even in culinary arts, they give you apparently like black, black box challenges, like what chop right. is mm-hmm. as a form of exam. I'd never done any of that. So um, I went there. It took like all day. It was like a 15 hour day. We were there from like 5 wow. a.m. till like 8 39 p.m. And, uh, and I had bought myself one new knife. I was so poor at the time, like so poor. <laughs> and and I had like a balance on my credit card, you know, living yeah, the current life. Yeah, I and know you get I get it. I get it. But, <laughs> but I bought myself one knife mm-hmm. as a kind of like something to take with me. I was working at the Healthy Butcher at the time and we sold okay. knives. And so so I bought a fillet knife, a shun Ooh. beautiful Japanese fillet knife. Mm-hmm. And d- doesn't my um, entree box have a whole salmon in it? <gasps> and I'm like, what are the chances? What so are this the thing chances? Is like, this, this thing is like factory sharp, which is like exactly what you want. Yeah. And I w- like was able to fillet the fish, so there's that. And also, I'm Estonian, so mm-hmm. they also want, if they can't grab onto the gay narrative, they want to grab onto your like Something heritage else. narrative. And yes, so, of course. And so that middle, I don't know if you are familiar, Estonians are like mm-hmm. up where like Finland, Latvia, Lithuania, Sweden, like very yes. nor- northern European. So and my my basket had whole salmon, like wild morel mushrooms, um, and I don't know two other things. But I was able to do I was able to make like a very like 
they told me in the first round, like, oh, if you make it to the next round, we want to see your heritage on the plate. And then I get all these, like, very Nordic ingredients, and I have this filet knife, and I'm just like, what is, I mean, what I'm is not happening? complaining about it, but, like, <laughs> yeah, what is no. happening here? <laughs> it was, like, fate. That's so interesting, because did everyone else, did anyone else on that, because I tried to find the episode, if I'm being honest, but I couldn't locate <laughs> it even to, like, to stream, or I don't know if I, I'm just being bad with trying to stream things these days. I can't seem to find yeah, anything not, I want. It's not on the internet anymore. It oh, used to be I know. On the Food Network website, but it's so old now. <laughs> I guess, I guess. It was, <laughs> like, what year? It was 2014? Uh, I'm turning 32. I think it was 2014, was right? Eight I think years we said, ago. yeah. Yeah, yeah. crazy. Wow. Why? Yeah, that does seem like fate. So you go through, because I, I haven't watched Chopped in a while. So how many boxes are there? Is it just the one or it's two, three different three. rounds, right? There's three rounds, and then that's why wow. there's four competitors. So each round, one competitor gets knocked off. Chopped. Right. Chopped. Boom. Yeah. That's the name of the show. <laughs> that is so cool. And then bec- do you, because you won that, do you think it then helped your career? Uh, obviously oh, yeah, it did, yeah, like yeah. big time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because And it was kind of disillusioning in the fact that I realized that people care more about like one hour of television than they do about any number of years of mm-hmm. experience or any of that. I guess because people have such short attention spans, they need to always make sense of a situation. So they assume that if you've been on a TV show, boom, credibility, right? Right. You don't have to interview. You don't have to say like, oh, like I did this and I spent this amount of time learning this with this restaurant or whatever. Like, they're just like, you must know what you're doing. And so even though like all chefs will tell you or any honest chef will tell you that they're constantly learning. Like, mm-hmm. not even the, the best, most meticulous chefs in the world know everything. And that's one of the of fun course. things about food is that you, it, there's so many different um, permutations of food. Like, mm-hmm. there's an infinite amount of recipes that will be created in the history of time, you know, because yep. there are just so many different things you can do. And so I'm still learning. And at that time, I was very much still learning, you know, and I was mm-hmm. playing the fake it till you make it game. Um, <laughs> and But people were just like, oh, you, I... I, I, I'm scared to cook for you because you're such an ex- and I'm like please like <laughs> you're like seen cook what for I was me it's fine midnight last night like <laughs> <laughs> another 7-Eleven hot dog like yeah. you're like I'm I'm good it's okay please don't stress <laughs> yeah but they would give me they would give me so much credit to the point where I was like really like I was very uh, you know like what's the word I'm looking for I was I was very happy to receive all the accolades mm-hmm. but I was also like all right let's everyone cool it like. And then I got, like, recruited for a job. And then I... Actually, I have to tell you this story. Please, please. I went to... So I was working at the Healthy Butcher at the time. Mm -hmm. Awesome job. I love that place. I like that place. I shopped there a number of times. Yeah. It's good. And it's got a lot of, like, cool personalities who Mm -hmm. work there. Like, it was a very cool community. Um, So I was working there. And I was looking for something else. Because, like, the hours weren't great. And it was, you know, it was challenging. Uh, But Mm -hmm. I... I was looking for a private chef gig because I knew some people who shopped at the Healthy Butcher were private chefs. Right. And, you know, I thought that would be a really cool gig. And also, all of my friends had jobs where they had the weekends off. Like, and so what I would do mm-hmm. is I would, like, party with them, and then I would wake up and, like, go into work. And I'd just yeah. be like, oh, God, I wish I, wish I had a Monday to Friday job. Ugh, of course. So I'm looking for jobs on Craigslist. That's where you go. That's where you go. Craigslist, indeed. And so... Um, and I find this job, it just says, seeking personal chef, 
Monday to Friday. That was it. And I'm like, okay, interesting. Hmm. Okay. So like I sent in my resume and top of my resume was recent winner of Chopped Canada, right? Mm -hmm. And so instantly that like set me apart from other people because people care so much about the TV thing. Of course. Yeah. So I get called in to do a like trial run three course. And um, I was speaking to a woman named Nancy and, and so she's like, yep, come in. Um, you'll do a three course, three people will reimburse you for your stuff. This was Easter weekend of, I guess, 2012. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I went in, I did it and I was there cooking for two people kind of my age, like early twenties and Nancy, who was an older, uh, like lady. And, um, I was just kind of like, actually her name was Nancy Zimmerman. And so I thought, (laughs) oh, and she kept, she kept saying things like he's out of town. He works out of town a lot. He doesn't eat this. He eats a lot of fish. And so I assumed she was talking about her. I assumed she was talking about her like rich Jewish husband. Right. And then, so I'm, I'm, I'm cooking for her kids. And eventually, like, I guess we built enough of a rapport that I could mm-hmm. say, so what does your dad do anyway? And they're like, our dad? Oh, no, 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 no. It, the, he's not our dad. He's our brother. Yeah, he's a DJ. And I'm like, huh. okay. And they're like, yeah, dead mouse. And I <gasps> wasn't a huge, like, I wasn't personally like a huge fan. Right. I, course knew of him everybody and I was very, right and I was very much into the EDM scene at the time and so mm-hmm. I knew that I had friends who were like diehard fans yeah so I was just like oh my god like like that's a that's a that's a huge that's a big high profile client potentially yeah and so that went well and then I got called in to do two weeks of um sort of like a dry run probationary mm-hmm. period and then I did that for a year until wow. he moved out of town and that was my whole job at That's the time was just wild. looking for this one person. Also, the fact that they went on Craigslist to get Dead Mouse a personal chef is insane oh, I know. to it me. It was his assistant, and it was so nondescript. Like, one line. One line. Which, you know, anytime a lot of people see, see those ones, you go, mm, something's fishy here. I don't, I don't know oh, about this. Oh, yeah. You really don't know what you're going to get. I'm wild. I'm walking into this place with my like cooler bags full of food. And I'm just like, where am I? (laughs) What's happening? (laughs) Did, did he always wear his, his, um, his mascot head, head, his mouse head? No, no, not at all. But they were all over the place. Like they were all over the house. Did you get to know, like, did you get to like, I don't know how it works. I guess when you're a personal chef, do you get to like talk to the, the client a lot and like, discuss like what they want to eat like are or do you prepare the meal like do you prepare a menu for for the client or are they yeah. providing you with things that they want it all depends on who your client is um right. in that case i would he was really easygoing when it came to the food and as long as i knew what he liked and disliked mm-hmm. um i would just i would submit a menu on like thursday or friday for the following week right. it would get approved and then I don't think it was ever not approved. So I didn't experience any, like, right. one time I was told I was making too much seafood. And then I'm like, your mom said you love seafood. Like, he's like, <laughs> not that much. I'm like, okay, so I'm getting, like, mixed messages here. Okay, like, yeah. Just you tell me what you want. <laughs> yeah, and I'll make, I'll make that. <laughs> right. And That's so, yeah, so it, was, it, was, it was a very cushy little, like, I wasn't making a fortune, but it was a very cushy little gig for a of while. Of course, Actually, yeah. toward the end of it, I got really good. I got really good at doing the job. Like, Every day I would shop fresh, which was also kind of fun because, like, I'd mm-hmm. hop into markets and get, like, just the best ingredients. So you're not worrying about, like, oh, the fish is about to turn. We better, right. like, 
<laughs> make a special. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a, pr- so- it's really wonderful when you can shop fresh because, and it, like when you know, like for me, when I know I'm gonna make a meal. Like, I know I'm like, I'm making this. I always go shop fresh and it's always so delicious. Like, everything just tastes perfect. <laughs> it just tastes better. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, toward the end, I got really good at doing the job. Like, I would mm-hmm. probably spend like four or five hours a day. And then wow. I'm like, what am I going to do with all this time? Like, my friends are still working. My boyfriend's still working at the time. And um, <laughs> I was like, you know, I've always wanted to work at a gay bar. <laughs> so then I got a job, like, cooking at a gay bar in um, Leslieville for a few months. (laughs) That's so amazing. I was doing those two at the same time. What was the gay bar? Is it still around? Yeah, I think so. It's the Wayla bar. Oh, the Wayla bar. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wayla, yeah. Wayla, Wayla. Wayla bar. I don't know if I've been there, but that's fun. (laughs) It was was weird. I'm like, (laughs) my friends are like, my best friends are like, contractor my boyfriend's an electrician my best friend is a law clerk and i'm just like personal chef to a dj and working at a gay bar at night like you're living the true gay life honestly it was fun it was fun for a time (laughs) it was of course (laughs) have you been a personal chef a lot or was that no was that like kind of like a one-off thing for you or that was the only time that i was a quote-unquote full-time personal Mm -hmm. chef i've been a chef for hire which is when i like all the years, and I still take a few gigs every now and then right. for, for old clients or for, for family friends or whatever, but um, <clears throat> people that want a really like fun experience, like mm-hmm. it's mom's 70th birthday and we want a six-course meal that is like wow. each course is based on all her favorite things or one of her favorite things. So it's something that makes somebody really right. feel celebrated and special. Oh. I'll still do those. I don't want to do it full-time. Even mm-hmm, though it's like, a, it's like an easy sell because that's something that that makes an amazing gift, right? Like an amazing experience. Of course, for somebody, absolutely. But it's so much work. A six so course meal, yes. <laughs> and it's so much driving. That's the mm-hmm. other thing. Like I don't love driving, and man, like the experiences that I've had trying to just get to places with a car full of food, let alone like yeah. all the other variables. Like I was doing a lobster, lobster course, like a cooking class and right. dinner with this group for up in, it was up in like North King. So like, and I was living at Young and Eglinton. And so I had to get like 10 lobsters on the way to the thing. And, and it was right, it was right after Christmas. It was in like January. So also it's like winter weather, get the lobsters. I got a car full of other things. I don't even know whose house I'm going to. And then I get to the place where I ordered the lobsters and they sold them. They had sold them, so there's no <gasps> lobsters. So then I Rude. drove around for like I drove around to like or drove to four different stores looking for lobsters. Nobody had them because oh it was right no. after Christmas, and yeah. all the Italians buy up all the lobsters for their <laughs> like Christmas eves. Yeah. And so then I finally found lobster tails frozen at a store, and I'm like scooping them up. And then I had to show up to the place, and I'm like, I'm so sorry, but here we have these lobsters, and I'm just like, Oh no, this is not my life. <laughs> You're like, I don't want to be running around the roads in the no. winter trying to find oh. fresh lobster <laughs> that I'm going to have to keep in my car and travel yeah. <laughs> to get yeah. somewhere. Ugh. I anyway, mean, the life, so. the life of a chef, honestly, that is. Right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is so, that is such a funny story. Because I, I just picture you in a car, like, looking for lobster. And then I guess I pictured... <laughs> you driving with lobster and the lobster were like alive and then you got to know the lobster and then you just didn't want to kill them. 
Honestly, that would have been easier than looking for the lobsters that don't exist. I know that's or so explaining wild. to the client why I have these frozen lobster tails instead of it. Instead it was of certainly not. It was supposed to be a how to cook and clean lobster class. It was oh just a no. nightmare. What a but they nightmare. were very nice about it. Well, that's good. That's all you want. I feel like you're charming I, enough to get through it. <laughs> thank God. Yeah. <laughs> like filled in the gaps with like lame jokes and <laughs> yeah oh i love it i love it so much oh my gosh i i like how, how so how what's your next step i guess in 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 your career right now like or what's like it doesn't have to be like it could just be your dream like what's your what's your dream and your goal with like doing these online uh instagram videos right now which everybody who's listening watch them because they're charming and i i can't wait to try and make the the Greek yogurt ganache with the cherry Ooh. balsamic. Oh, it looks delicious. A good one. <laughs> I was like, this is so good. And it's easy. <laughs> Another recipe that has like seven ingredients. Yeah. Six if you don't count a pinch of salt as an ingredient. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I highly recommend you try it and then send me photos. Oh, I will. Um, so my next step is... T- well, okay, so my next step is to continue the show mm-hmm. but sort of level up a little bit of course and so it since you watch that video mm-hmm. you know that i'm like the plan is to build a studio kitchen yes and unfortunately um oh, no. <laughs> i wasn't even gonna bring this up uh, oh no like five days ago like our <gasps> condo sale fell through oh the one shit. that we bought but you know what it's totally like the but, but, but the place that we live in now is yeah sold. so we oh, got to get out of here shit. in a month but Jeez. but if we're looking on the bright side, like mm-hmm. it's totally the universe giving me like a kick in the butt and saying, you know, that wasn't meant to be and something mm-hmm. else will come. So now we're looking at houses, even though we were going to wait another like three years to get a house. OK, we're like, OK, something's happening. And yeah. like so many other moments in my life, something has just happened mm-hmm. and been like and telling so, like, you something. At, Absolutely. Exactly. So we're looking at houses right now very aggressively and quickly. But. <laughs> You know, the houses will have a better kitchen. Absolutely. You'll have so much space. Right. And for for filming purposes, it does sort of like narrow the playing field of Mm -hmm. like which houses will suit my needs. But um, the plan is to get the house, um, do the kitchen, do whatever needs to be done at the kitchen Mm -hmm. and then sort of take it to the next level because I really love doing it. And I'm, I'm still contributing to all the shows that I'm doing, but... I'm thinking that I might start doing YouTube because mm-hmm. it's just a little bit of a better space for the Absolutely. kind of video that I'm producing. I just have a bigger audience on Instagram, and so that's where I started doing it. But yeah. once I start doing them in horizontal frame, you know, yeah. like I can just direct the people that are interested to go watch it there. Of course, and they will. And, yeah, and then it's just more easily shareable. And so... You know, little speed bump along the way, but it's going to be great. And But like you said, uh, I think it's a lot of the things that we've talked about today in your career and in your life have kind of all fallen into place for a reason. So I feel like that's probably you're right. The universe being like, hey, no, get a huge kitchen and yeah. put it on YouTube. And I think, in my opinion, I want you to have your own cooking show someday soon. <laughs> Thank you. Well, because thing, I would like, love I, it. <laughs> I... Well, that was my dream for many years. So, like, going back to even when I was in, oh, maybe around the time that I was in comedy school or right after, I was probably right after because comedy school put the, like, oh, my God, I want to perform, you know, even more than I did before sort of bug in me. Uh, 
and I thought, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get, a, I'm going to start filming little pilots and then like I'll get a cooking show going. And, uh, you know, you start to quickly learn what the Canadian media landscape is like. And they're not yes, just yes. handing out shows. And even the people who have done shows, once the, the older I've gotten and the more I've been able to actually communicate with mm-hmm. those people, the people I admired when I was a kid, um, right. because I watched a ton of the Food Network when I was growing up. Yeah. Like a ton, ton, ton. Like probably like four hours a day on average. <laughs> and so amazing. like I idolize these people. Like Lynn Crawford, I have dreams mm-hmm. about her. And so <laughs> and so and so I uh I thought like I'm gonna do this and mm-hmm. when you talk to them they're like, yeah, it's nothing's as glamorous behind the scenes as you think it is. Of course. Even like backstage at shows. How about that backstage at Second City, right? Like Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, no, that's that. the thing. There isn't anything glamorous <laughs> about it. It is just, you know, and that that is the crazy world. But I don't know. I think you have such a charming like I keep saying the word charming, but that is what it is. Like your personality makes like I said, when you watch those Instagram videos, you feel like you're there and you're kind of like sitting in a kitchen with a friend who's cooking for you and showing you how it's all done, which I love. And it makes us really as an audience um, feel like a part of your life. And I think that's so important with cooking shows and any kind of show where you're putting yourself out there because that draws people to you more to trust you. Right. And so for me that like watching you, it's so wonderful and I'm excited. Of course, I'm excited to see what happens and I hope that you get a house soon. (laughs) Yeah. If not, you can come stay with, you can come stay with me. I've got, you know, I've got a three bedroom apartment that a roommate just moved out. So if you're, if you're in a tough spot, you come stay with us. (laughs) You're more than welcome. I'll cook dinner every day. Oh my gosh, I would co- I'll cook with you. When you get your big studio and you're doing your YouTube and we're allowed to see each other in person, I would love to have a real drink with you and actually cook a meal together. I would love right? that. And that's what I, that's the thing. Okay, so that's uh, to to bring this really like windy story like mm-hmm. every story I ever tell back to the point. <laughs> I I want that studio kitchen because one of the hardest things about um about filming anything is always mm-hmm. location. Where are we going to film? Where are we going to film this? Oh, I've got a buddy who's got this or whatever, like yeah. a great backyard or a great kitchen or whatever. And I just want to own that so that I can do that and I can have guests over. Of course. And it, becomes, it is the cooking show that I always wanted to have, but it's on my terms. Mm-hmm. And all that I've learned about all these people who have worked for the big networks and mm-hmm. done their shows, like you start to realize they really freaking meddle in your business. And you, they're the, yep. the not, it's the non-creatives like, like always messing with the creatives. In, always. Exactly. And, and, and I don't want that. I want it to be authentic and I want it to be mm-hmm. easy and I want it to be fun. And like, yeah. Yeah. You and, want and, it to and, be you. You want it to be you and you want it to be what right. you want. And that is, that is, and that's the, that is what makes your product amazing is is you and and that is something with you know a lot of producers on those kind of reality shows is they're not creatives and they're having a huge say in what the creatives do and it does tend to uh limit the possibilities of what what you can produce uh, and, uh, so Paul on this show, at the end of the show, we always do a little lightning round of questions that I like to ask really quick. And, uh, you try to answer them as fast as you can. I'm call- okay. right now. They're called quick cues, uh, quick cues with Trish. I don't know. There are no Perfect. rules. So <laughs> there's no rules on this show. We just live freely and openly and we improvise. Uh, so Love are it. you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Okay. What's your biggest party fail? Ooh. <laughs> I don't even want to say what came to my mind. Okay. I w- 
I was at a party in high school, mm-hmm. and the party. This is so gross. Sorry, oh, no. mom. The, the party Sorry, was mom. dubbed. The party was dubbed Meatball Puke Fest because <laughs> there was like there was like a potluck table, and somebody okay. brought like a crock pot full of meatballs and like oh, no. bags of dinner rolls. <laughs> and then, of course, the garage is full of pot smokers. Just like it's like mm-hmm. a giant hot box, and people are like smoking bongs and. I don't even know why we used to do that, yeah. but anyway. So I smoked some weed, uh-huh. <laughs> hit the meatball table, and then like oh, no. so many other people at that party, I swear to God, like at one at any given time, there was like four people vomiting from the meat. I don't oh, know if the meatballs were bad or bad. what. And so I was on the yearbook committee, uh-huh. and another guy, another guy was who was a yearbook editor who always had a like DSLR around his mm-hmm. neck, was like taking photos at the party and he he caught a photo of me like i ran to all three bathrooms in the house and and they were all occupied so i ran out the back door and literally as soon as i got to the back door it was just like it was like a geyser geyser from my mouth and he (laughs) caught a photo of it it looks like it looks like i was doing a spit take but it was like yeah but meatball puke Oh yep. my gosh. Oh my god. I can't believe god. I shared that. I also love that your biggest party fail involves food. That's very funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> Who was your first celebrity crush? My first celebrity crush? Oh, man. The funny thing is, oh, I definitely had a crush on Andrew Keegan when I was a kid. <laughs> like, the little, like my sister, and funny enough, it's because my sister had like cutouts of him yeah. taped next to her bed at the cottage. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, what a dreamboat. But I didn't know what to do with those feelings at right. the time. So this is like me going way back and being like, why am I staring at this guy? And, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then he was on Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which yeah. I can't believe they didn't know I was a little gay boy. But anyway. <laughs> I feel like I had pictures of Andrew Keegan on my wall as like, uh, uh, as like, Look at what I like, but then under my pillow I had like a picture of like like the Spice Girls. It was like it's like it's like a wall beard. It's like a wall beard, yeah. Andrew <laughs> Keegan, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, Backstreet Boys, they were my wall oh, yeah. beards. And then yeah. underneath the pillow were, you know, Britney Spears, uh, the, the Spice Girls, uh, <laughs> you know, like it's so funny. Uh, who's your favorite chef of all time? That's a really tough one. I know. Um, you can you can uh, tie you, it. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Like it's hard to pick any one chef based on their food per se True. because I respect so many different people. But I have got a mean crush on Lynn Crawford. Like mean, mean crush. <laughs> like I I wish that I could have dinner with her. I wish that I could oh. have this with her. I wish that yeah. I could have a drink with her. Like, well, let's make it happen. Let's try to figure out how to make it happen. I just bought I this this recipe it. book. It's called oh, Feast. Oh, yes. And it's Recipes and Stories from a Canadian Road Trip by Lindsay Anderson and Dana Vanviller. And the foreword is by Lynn Crawford. Yep. yep. So there we go. We'll have to cook something from this, this cookbook. I'm excited about it because I love Canadian yeah. cooking. Uh, okay, let's keep going. Uh, what's your all-time favorite Simpsons episode? <gasps> oh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> oh, so many good ones. I... I love shit. That's a hard one. <laughs> um, I I really love the Junior Campers episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 
And I, yeah, I think, I guess the question is not list your favorite episodes. <laughs> yeah, list your favorite episodes. No, I love, I love it. The, I love the rubber knife and like you've achieved yeah. the, you've <laughs> achieved the rank of pussy willow. Yes. <laughs> My favorite episode is the, the, the Springfield one where Marge gets addicted to gambling. Oh, yes. Just because my favorite scene of all time, and every time I watch it, I die, is where uh, Lisa wakes Homer up, and she's like, Dad, I had a nightmare. And he goes, okay, tell Homer all about it. And she's like, well, the boogeyman. He goes, ah, the boogeyman. And then he busts Bart's door down, and he's like, Bart, I don't want to alarm you, but there may be a boogeyman or boogeyman boogeyman in the house. house. (laughs) You nail the window shut. I'll get the gun. And then Marge comes home and he's like, yeah. he's like You left me to my own out. devices. Oh my god, or when Mr. Burns oh. is like, it's the spruce moose. The spruce moose. Yeah. And he's like, uh. <laughs> Or or the where he goes, You made you made Lisa cry, then I cried, then Maggie laughed. She's such a little She's trooper. Such a little trooper. <laughs> oh man, I could talk Simpsons uh, a I lot. Know, I, I love I them know. so much. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh, okay, I've got a couple more cues. Okay, what okay. Uh, go-to ingredient? Ooh, okay, right now, white miso. It's it's come up a lot in my recipes okay. because it's one of those ingredients that, <clears throat> especially if you live in a place like Toronto and you have access to, like, mm-hmm. like Loblaws is carrying it. And it's just, it's kind of like how soy sauce is such a versatile ingredient. It can add flavor to so many different things. <clears throat> right. And people have known about it like I should say like you know average middle class whiteies yeah. <laughs> have known about it for a long time but miso is not one mm-hmm. that people know about and how much it can add to uh, add to recipes that are not at all um, of Asian, Asian origin at all right so like for example you can add a little bit of white miso paste to mm-hmm. tomato sauce and it adds so much umami mm-hmm. so much flavor people would be like this is the best tomato sauce ever what's right. in it and you like it would seem like miso would be a weird ingredient to add, right. but it really adds a lot. And so, yeah, mm. I think like I use miso just as much as puff pastry in my COVID videos. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good ingredient. It's just delicious. We watched um, The Mind of a Chef a lot here in this house. Um, Love it. Love and it. he cooks a lot with, and the, we also watched, Jill, what was that one we watched that was like um, ugly delicious? Or were they, no, we learned about miso. Salt, fat, acid, heat. Salt, fat, with, acid, with, heat. Yes. Yeah, with Samin. No that fat. was yeah. it. Yes, yes, it was so yeah, delicious. It's so, so good. She talks about adding miso to tomato sauce. Yes. And that's one of the things that I love about being Canadian. I think we learn, you learn from an early age that you can have a, sort of a gray area where cultures mm-hmm. sort of overlap and you can, you know, take this from this culture and apply it to your culture and it, certainly in food the food world there's this emphasis on authenticity like it's authentic mexican yes. but there's no reason why you can't take some of the techniques or some of the ingredients mm-hmm. from authentic mexican and add it to italian to yes. just like twist it a little it's fusion but that's cooking, it's fusion yeah. yeah but that's the brilliance of cooking is improvising and adding right is just right. is and making playing. it your own and playing it's such a playful mm-hmm. It's such a playful uh, world food. Yeah. It is. It is. It really is. Okay. And last question: the party's coming to a close. Everyone's had a great mm-hmm. time, and everyone. I know. I know. It's sad. <laughs> we could. T- I could talk to you forever. I think. Uh, <laughs> but everyone's leaving. Everyone had a great time. How do you want to be remembered? Hmm. I want to be remembered as the guy who brought the delicious food and the guy that made people laugh. Yes. <laughs> oh, two thing. good qualities. That's the thing. I want to be. Yeah. 
That's why I, I came up with the tagline for the Instagram show, mm. and I put it at the top of my Instagram. It just, have a laugh, cook something delicious. <sighs> and I swear, I think that's going to stick with me probably for the rest of my life. It should. It's such a it's so, such a good way to think of it because sometimes when I get in the kitchen, I get frustrated when things aren't perfect, and I have to remember just to enjoy it and to laugh and cook something that I'm going to enjoy because I'm like the only people eating it right now are me and my girlfriend Jill. So <laughs> it's not uh, it's it's okay. She she'll eat anything I make. <laughs> I know, and I'm sure you're long for a you're long for a gathering. Or a proper oh, kitchen do. party, just as much as I do. I do. I want a kitchen party so bad. My friends and I, all my f- best friends from home, that's what we do. Like, we always had, uh, like, we do, like, you know, like, big Thanksgiving Day dinners, and we all cook together. Usually my friend Justin and I tend to take the lead on everything, and we'll do some fun things, and, and I miss it so much, being able to cook with people, and I'm looking forward to the day that I can do it again. And I'm looking forward to the day, and I'll keep asking you to have me on cooking with you because I would die to, to, to cook and it. learn. I'll be your sous chef any day. <laughs> Perfect. Honestly, I have pretty good knife I, skills. I have pretty good knife skills. So <laughs> That's the plan. That is the plan. And I would be happy to have you on anytime. <laughs> yes, please. Well, thank you so much, Paul. Uh, where, where can people find you again on Instagram with your Instagram account? Just so I can, I want to send everyone your way. Uh, they can find me at, at Paul Lilicus. Or Lilacus, if you will. <laughs> no, Lilacus. It's Lilacus. Say Lilikis. it right, everyone. <laughs> I know. Uh, and, uh, um. yeah, and I'll be sharing as much as I possibly can. Obviously, it's going to be a busy time coming up. Yes, I know you're but, going to be Russian, but it's yeah. going to be great. And I can't wait to see your career uh, grow and be incredible and I'll be watching every video and I'm going to try to make some of the ones that I've, wa- I've watched so far so I'll send you photos when I make them be like look what thank I did you. <laughs> thank you I really appreciate it <laughs> and you can be like the the fish isn't seared enough and I'll go mm-hmm okay <laughs> <laughs> I would never I would never <laughs> well cheers to you Paul and thank you so much cheers. for being on the pod I look forward we'll so have much. to have you on again soon so thank you so much and it, this was a Anytime. joy Chef Paul Lilicus, folks. Oh, my goodness. What an absolute delight. That was such a wonderful conversation. He is such a sweet human being. Oh, what a delight. I say delight. That's the word of the week, delight. Uh, (laughs) It was so lovely to meet him and get to talk to him about his career uh, and his passion for food and which brought up my passion for food. Oh, my goodness. And I love that we met on Instagram and then... (laughs) Uh, became instant friends and that's what Instagram does is make you instant friends with people and I can't wait and Paul I'm holding you I'm holding this to you Uh, I want to cook with you when you get your new studio up and running I would die it would be so fun and I can't wait to try out some of your recipes that are on Instagram. And you can follow Chef Paul Lilicus at Paul Lilicus on the gram. Uh, if you want to follow the podcast, you can follow the podcast at One More Round Podcast on Instagram. You can follow me, Trisha Black, on Instagram and Twitter at it's underscore Trisha Black. Uh, and also, we're I'm 22 subscribes away to being able to change my URL on YouTube. <laughs> 
So if you want to follow some cool sketches and musical sketches that are going to be coming out in the next few weeks, please subscribe to Trisha Black on YouTube. I would greatly appreciate it. And we also have a coffee account now. So if you're loving the pod and you want to tip the podcast and your host, me, Trisha Black, so that we can get some new equipment and really uh, up the tech game and keep this podcast free for everyone, you can tip us at coffee, which is ko-fi.com slash it's Trisha Black. And it will be greatly appreciated. And I'll give you a shout out on all the social media accounts. It will be linked in the description of the pod today. Also, you know, like I said, it's almost my birthday. So I would, uh, I would love uh, a coffee or in better and better, kinder, uh, please donate to a wonderful charity of your choice. Let me know. Uh, you can show me by tagging me in your Instagram or Twitter pics. Uh, that's again at it's underscore Trisha Black. And I will give you a big old shout out and a big thank you and huge gratitude. And I really appreciate you continuing to listen on this podcast journey. I'm very excited to keep it growing and keep continuing getting to introduce you, the podcast world, to some really wonderful folks. And next week is no different. My host, or sorry, my host, I'm the host. <laughs> I'm the host. There's no new host. Uh, that was a mistake. Oh my gosh, what's the universe trying to tell me with that? <laughs> and next week's guest is no different. I have the wonderful, the beautiful, the talented, the funny Claire McConnell. We were on Second City Main Stage together and if I could hashtag throwback time, you could see her on Star Trek and Murdoch Mysteries and I can't wait for you to get to know her better and it's going to be wonderful. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. We'll be back next Wednesday with an all-new episode. You can catch us on all of the all of the places, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and wherever else you find your wonderful pods. Let your friends know. If you love in the pod, let your pals know. And if you hate it, tell your enemies. But if you really like it, we would really appreciate a rate or a review. Uh, to help us get some more people tuning into the podcast. And like I said, I am so grateful for your ears and for you listening in. And I love you all, even though I've never met you, but I do. And know that it is, it is, it is flowing from my heart. Uh, <laughs> so we'll see you next week. And of course, no, East Coast Kitchen Party is complete without a rousing musical number. And this week, since it's almost my birthday, I'm going to sing happy birthday to myself. But it's also another man's birthday. The wonderful, talented Mulder from the X-Files, David Duchovny. So we're going to play you out with my rendition of Happy Birthday to Me and David Duchovny. We'll see you next week. Mwah. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday, happy birthday. What? He does? Really? Cool. Happy birthday, I believe. Happy birthday to me and David the company. Happy birthday to me and David the company. Happy birthday, happy birthday. Happy birthday, David the company. Happy birthday, Mulder. Happy birthday, the truth is out there. Did you know that Jillian Anderson's birthday is August 9th? David Duchovny Is that a sign? I don't know Maybe it's just a conspiracy Or maybe I'm supposed to be on the next season of X-Files Either way Happy 
to me and David the company. We'll see you next week for one more round with me, Trisha Black. Woo!